Welcome to the Paycom Podcast. We are medical management radio for the solo provider and small group physician practice. Paycom is where medicine meets entrepreneurship. Now, here's your host, Carter Lumen. Hello and welcome to Medical Management Radio. I'm your host, Carter Lumen. PACOM is the Professional Association of Healthcare Office Management. Today, we're going to talk about real estate. And our guest today is Colin Carr. Colin is a commercial real estate expert who has successfully completed over a thousand commercial real estate transactions while saving his clients hundreds of millions of dollars. Big number. Colin founded and scaled CAR, a nationwide commercial real estate company, to specifically represent the needs and interests of healthcare providers. Colin has mastered several niches in the healthcare real estate industry and is passionate about helping others maximize their profitability through real estate. Hi, Colin, and welcome to the show. It's great to be here, Carter. Appreciate it. Fantastic to have you. Let's address the elephant in the room first. How much does your service cost? Our service is free to healthcare providers that are acting as a tenant or a buyer. Commercial real estate works just like residential real estate. If you're selling a house in residential real estate, you hire a listing agent and you agree to pay a commission that's built or based upon having two brokers involved in the deal, the listing agent and the buyer's agent. Commercial real estate functions the same way. Landlords and sellers plan on there being two agents involved in every transaction. And if the buyer or tenant engages representation, they split that commission with the listing agent. If the buyer or tenant does not hire representation, the listing agent typically gets a double commission. So it's a free service to the healthcare provider. Okay. So by engaging you at basically a, at a prefixed cost that's going to be paid anyway, the healthcare provider is gaining more representation in the deal. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, every, every healthcare provider uh, should have representation in any transaction they're involved with. A, a minor mistake in a commercial real estate transaction is usually worth tens of thousands of dollars. A larger mistake can be worth easily several hundred thousand dollars. And so it's imperative that healthcare providers level the playing field when they're going up against landlords and sellers that oftentimes negotiate professionally for a living. And that's their number one income source. That makes sense. So how can healthcare providers increase their their net worth through commercial real estate? That's a great question. A lot of times, we track it as being over three-fourths of the time or 75% of the time, when someone owns real estate with their practice, the real estate is worth more than the actual practice itself. It's not always the case. There's there are definitely scenarios where the practice is worth more, but we're involved in a couple hundred transactions per year where healthcare providers are selling their practice and the real estate, and typically the real estate is worth more. And so if you're looking at the idea that unless you have a mobile clinic, you've got to have a, a, a tangible you know, physical office space. And if you have the question of owning versus leasing, if you can find yourself in a scenario where owning commercial real estate makes sense and it's the right location, it's the right type of property, it's the image you want to portray to your patients and your staff, if you can find yourself in a scenario where it makes more sense to own than lease, typically over a 15, 20 year period of time, you're going to pay off that building and the average commercial real estate building or space for healthcare providers, typically well over a million dollars. So when you transition out of the practice and into, you know, hopefully a, a well-funded retirement, uh, 
that's where that net worth benefits really going to come into play. Correct. Absolutely. Because just like your house, every time you, you, you pay a mortgage payment, whether it's for your house or for its or for, or for your commercial space, your net worth increases. Every time you cut a check, you're paying down principal and your, your personal balance sheet or your professional balance sheet increases because you're building equity in that property and therefore increasing your net worth. Average commercial loan is a 15 to 20 year loan. You know, most people, when they're, they're paying a mortgage, again, you could be paying a mortgage of 5,000 a month, you could be paying a mortgage of $50,000 a month. It depends on the size of the practice and the space. But typically, even on a smaller property, several thousand dollars per month is going to pay down principal and build equity. And therefore, you're increasing your net worth by several thousand dollars per month just on the principal pay down alone. And then that's not even considering all the tax deductions you get when you own real estate. Typically, if you're going to buy real estate, uh, commercial real estate, that is for your practice, you're usually getting tens of thousands of dollars of additional tax deductions through depreciation of their aspects per year. And so it's very easy to accumulate large amounts of wealth through commercial real estate with the idea that you've got to cut a check one way or the other, whether it's the lease into a landlord or whether it's ownership and you're paying yourself. Okay. And that kind of leads into the next question I was going to ask you on how, how should a provider decide whether they should purchase or lease their office space? Absolutely. And this is one of the most common questions that we receive. The answer is you need to start by evaluating all your options. Too many times healthcare providers, either, either they're trained this way or they have you know, good intentions or someone tells them this is what they should do, but they lock into a concept that says you have to own your own space or you should never own it, you should lease. And the opinions are, are varied depending on the part of the country you're in, who you're talking to. But the bottom line is you should know all your options and you shouldn't make a definitive decision or choice until you've seen your options. And what this looks like is you typically hire an expert agent to help represent your interests. They go to the market. They look at all the properties that meet your requirements, whether it's the lease, whether it's the purchase, whether it's an office space, a retail space, a standalone building. They take all the options available. They whittle it down to the top properties that meet your requirement. And then here's one of the big differences in commercial real estate. You, you should be negotiating on multiple properties. Residential real estate, you pick the property that you want, you submit a contract, and if the seller signs it, you're under contract typically. Commercial real estate, you negotiate on a non-binding basis, and it's common to negotiate with three or four properties. In the scenario of leasing versus purchasing, if it's a new, if it's a new space, if you negotiate on several properties to lease and several properties to purchase, you have a benchmark or a basis to compare those two properties together and at that point, you can do a purchase versus lease analysis where it compares all the benefits and costs of both leasing and purchasing to where you can get to an effective cost of one or the other. And it becomes very clear if you look at the numbers that, that the effective cost of leasing or owning uh, is a financially better decision for you. Okay, specifically on leases, because I've heard some horror stories about commercial leases. What are, what are three mistakes practice owners or, or people in general make when negotiating a lease for themselves? Well, the number one mistake goes back to what we just mentioned briefly. It's that they don't negotiate with multiple landlords or sellers. And this is, this is the, the most common when you've got a lease renewal. Somebody's in a space and they think to themselves, well, I don't want to move or I can't move. And they start talking to their landlord and the landlord becomes aware very quickly that the person doesn't know the market 
hasn't hasn't done the research and doesn't have a true benchmark to compare the deal to. And so if you go into a transaction and you don't have an understanding of what you would receive if you negotiate with other landlords or what other landlords would do to incentivize you to move or what it would look like for you to purchase your own building, you're literally just bartering or bluffing. You're hoping they give you a better deal, but you don't have factual information or numbers to base that on. For instance, if you're looking at doing a renovation of your space and the landlord offers you a specific amount of money in a tenant improvement allowance or a certain amount of free rent, if you had two other offers where the landlords were offering you a considerably higher number in both those categories, you have leverage now because it's, it's a factual negotiation. It's not just you asking for more because you want more. You can actually point and prove that other landlords in the market are giving more favorable terms. And this landlord that you're currently talking to has to get more aggressive because they're competing with other landlords. And that's one of the biggest mistakes healthcare providers make is they, they don't know the market and they don't negotiate with multiple owners to see what the market's bearing. Well, I, I think that there's, going back to what you were saying, there's that difference between residential real estate where you make an offer and you're immediately under contract versus the non-binding aspects of commercial real estate. I learned that just now. That was uh, interesting and new. So that would be a, a very good takeaway for people. How about like in the case of COVID where revenues might be affected? Uh, is, it, is it possible to renegotiate a lease? And do you have any advice on how to do that successfully? Absolutely. When you, we're talking COVID, there's, there's a lot of variables there. So let me, let me throw a couple of different options out there. What I want to start with is telling you that landlords do not want to lose quality tenants. And healthcare providers are in the upper echelon of tenants. They have some of the lowest default rates in any industry. And if you track the last five or six economic recessions, the healthcare industry, when it specifically in regards to commercial real estate, has, has weathered that storm better than any other industry. And most landlords, if they've been paying attention or have been in the game for a while, know that. And so I want to start with the idea that no landlord wants to lose a quality tenant, let alone a healthcare provider. And so we've got some healthcare providers that are, that are struggling, that are, that are having some challenges, and landlords are pushing them around a little bit. It's very important to know that landlords don't truly want to lose you. If they're pushing the tenant around, they're doing that because they're probably struggling. They're in a challenging situation. But the vast majority of landlords that we're seeing across the country are working with tenants. Most of those landlords are willing to do some form of a payment deferral or a payment program uh, or look at some type of a concession to uh, prevent the provider from going out of business or having, you know, undue financial situations that are, that are going to stop them from being a tenant in the future. So that's the first thing is most landlords do want to work with the healthcare provider and find a win-win scenario. If you have a lease coming up in the next 12 to 18 months or 24 months, you can 100% renegotiate your lease. And a lot of landlords have, have found that to be a very good scenario because most landlords, and again, tenants don't usually know this, but most landlords will offer very healthy amounts of free rent allowances at the beginning of a lease, even if it's a lease renewal. There's a misnomer in, in the healthcare industry that you get free rent when you move in, but you don't get free rent if you're doing a renewal. And that's only true if you're not properly represented and you don't know the market. So if you have a lease coming up in the next 18 to 24 months, and you could renegotiate that lease and achieve a more favorable lease rate, and get some money to potentially renovate your space and get some free rent right now is a very ideal time to do so. 
I think there's some some good benefits that you mentioned there because a lot of what I see, well, not a lot, but I see frequently on our internal listserv communications, people are trying to figure out how do they redesign their waiting room to accommodate the current crisis or how do they, you know, institute certain cleaning policies if they could if they could free up some extra cash to work with the current suggestions and regulations that would certainly be beneficial to the practice itself just cuz it's less money out of pocket. Absolutely. And that's a great reason to go to your landlord and to talk about the, the changes in healthcare, the, the landlords know they're coming. They're, they're aware of the fact that there's increased regulations, there, there's heightened demand uh, for, like you said, cleaning, spatial uh, situations, et cetera. And if, if it comes down to a renovation of a space, a remodeling, a reworking of the space ergonomically, and that is combined with a lease renewal or an extension, you know, that could be a great scenario where you're meeting the needs of the government that they're putting on you and your patient's demands, the landlord's also having a chance to renew a great tenant, extend that term and ensure that that space stays leased versus getting a vacancy. And again, a lot of landlords are, are getting more vacancies now than they had pre, pri, or, excuse me, previously uh, because some businesses couldn't weather the storm. And I think a lot of landlords also know that there's a lot more vacancies coming with those companies that are not going to be able to make it pass whatever, you know, limited operations they have right now. Uh, that kind of leads to my, uh, to my next question, which I'll rework a little bit. What are your predictions for the, for the future of the market for healthcare providers as we work through COVID? And it seems to be kind of this ever extending thing, right? First, it was predicted that we'd be out of this by now. And now they're saying maybe December. And then we've got other doctors that feel, well, maybe by next year. How, how's that going to affect the market for healthcare providers? I wish I could pin that down exactly. But as you mentioned, there's a lot of moving parts of this. My personal prediction is this, and I think this is the most important aspect, is that healthcare providers are going to find a way to make it through the situation because the world needs healthcare providers to make it through the situation and they need them to make it through and not just, uh, you know, barely get through, but they need them to be successful and profitable and to want to continue doing what they're doing. When it comes to other industries, I don't think we're going to see a, a nearly the number of industries stay as strong as healthcare. You're going to see, and you're already seeing, you're seeing restaurants, uh, drop like flies right now because they didn't have the reserves. They don't have the staying power. And a lot of them don't have the same, uh, the same investment. They didn't go to school for 15 years or eight years or whatever have you to do that. So they're going to, they're going to try to retool and reinvent themselves. Uh, but when it comes to the commercial real estate industry, you're going to see some retailers go out. You're going to see more vacancies in the retail space. You're going to see a lot of larger office users and office tenants realize they probably don't need as much office space as they thought. And that, and that working from home and maybe coming in the office one or two days a week or maybe working from home permanently with the advancements of all the telecommunications is actually very workable. And a lot of companies haven't missed a beat with their staff at home. And so I think you're going to see a lot of office space come available. I think you see a lot of retail space come available. And I personally believe that the healthcare space is going to stay the steadiest. And with that, landlords are going to realize how desirable healthcare tenants are, and they're going to put more emphasis on, on 
leasing space to healthcare tenants with maybe better deals to attract them and also getting more competitive to retain them as well. I think we kind of covered this, but once again, let, let's stress it. Is now the right time to renegotiate? Right, it, right now is a great time to renegotiate. If you have nine years left on a 10-year lease and you're one year in, you're probably not going to have the leverage you need because there's not really a, a fear of losing you unless it is a really strong financial hardship that you can prove. And so in that scenario, if you're you know one year into a 10-year lease, you're, you're not going to have the same success you, as you would if you were you know, nine years into a 10-year lease and your lease came up for expiration in the next 12 months. If you're in a place where your lease is coming up for renewal in 12 to 24 months, uh, right now is a phenomenal time to negotiate because landlords do not want to lose quality tenants and they, they want to find a way to make deals so that that cash flow continues for them because they have to pay their bills too. It's no different than a healthcare provider wanting to maintain their patient base and their revenue. Uh, it, it's a big deal of landlords to keep spaces leased and if, if the lease is coming up for expiration, it's a great time to look at it. And I think that leads naturally to the, the last official question I have for you. And that's, how does somebody choose the best commercial real estate agent? That's a great question because it's extremely important who you work with. The average commercial real estate transaction for a healthcare provider has a, has a minimum of $100,000 on the line, either that's going to go either for you or against you. You get into larger uh, multi-provider practices that have larger spaces. You make a you make a small mistake, and it can easily cost you one hundred, two hundred thousand dollars. And let me break those numbers down because people hear that and they don't always recognize what that looks like. Oftentimes, when people are thinking about cutting costs, they're looking at how do I cut maybe merchandise or sundries or lab costs, etc. And those are all reasonable, and you should look at that. But they don't have the same ability to capture as much savings either for or against the, the practice. If you're in a space that is 5,000 square feet and you sign a lease or renew a lease and you pay an extra even $2 a square foot, 5,000 square feet times $2 a square foot is $10,000. So all of a sudden you're paying $10,000 more per year than you could have if you were properly represented, if you knew the market, if you had the right negotiating strategy, et cetera. And then you take that $10,000 times 10 years and now you're at $100,000. If you don't get the right amount of free rent, you can easily lose. If you get maybe one or two months of free rent, you should have got four months of free rent. All of a sudden, that might be another $25,000, $30,000. If you need to renovate your space or build it out and you get $20 a square foot in a tenant improvement allowance and you should have got forty-five. dollars I mean, you, can just, you keep doing the math and you realize how much is really at stake. You add it all up. It's typically a couple hundred thousand dollars. And then everyone realizes that when you bill a dollar, you don't keep a dollar. So you make a hundred thousand dollar mistake, that might be four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars of production to pay the bill. So that that being said, uh, you want to make sure that you trust the person you're working with. And a great way to do this is to start by asking the people that you trust in the industry who they recommend you talk to, whether that's a CPA, it's an attorney, it's a consultant, uh, you know, maybe it's your merchandise company. Most of the people in the healthcare industry are networked uh, in a great way to where they know who they would trust or who they would rely on if they were in your shoes. And it's very common for them to be able to give you two or three names of people that they think you should talk to. So get some names from the industry and then you just sit down with them, sit down and interview them, talk to them. And you're going to know very quickly if they have the experience, if they have no conflicts of interest, and if it's the person that you want leading the charge for this high dollar negotiation. 
that makes sense. Well, Colin, here's uh, here's something that I usually do for our, our corporate members. I know I introduced you and said a little bit about your experience in the introduction of the podcast here, but would you like to speak for a minute specifically about what CAR has done inside of the healthcare community for your customers and why you should be one of those options that's considered when people are interviewing potential agents? Absolutely. We've been operating solely in the healthcare space since the beginning of 2009, and we have the privilege of representing several thousand healthcare providers every year with their commercial real estate needs. We help healthcare providers purchase land and and develop buildings to purchase existing buildings or condos. We help them start brand new offices, scratch starts, startups. We help them relocate we help them open up additional offices. Any transaction that has to do with commercial real estate, we're involved in. Even if you're transitioning or merging or selling a practice, we can still help on the real estate portion of that aspect. Our whole model is based upon leveling the playing field for the healthcare provider. I started the company back in the beginning of 09, and I started it because I watched over and over again the number of healthcare providers that got taken advantage of or, you know, literally just owned during these commercial real estate negotiations because they were going up against publicly traded landlords, uh, you know, REITs, uh, large insurance companies, pension funds that own these properties. And they hired asset managers and listing agents. And all these people did was negotiate professionally. And then you had these healthcare providers that were incredibly intelligent and understood their craft of, of medicine or healthcare uh, beyond other people, but they didn't understand how to capitalize on a commercial real estate transaction. And conversely, we're losing a substantial amount of money. So our company was founded on protecting healthcare providers. We have the privilege of doing that. Right now, we're representing and involved with over, you know, I think over 2,500 transactions coast to coast. And we're helping people save a lot of money and protect their interests. And ultimately, one of the things that we do that we put the most pride in is we give people peace of mind knowing that they didn't miss seeing better properties, that they didn't uh, leave too much on the table, uh, that they didn't miss looking at an option to own versus leasing, that they ran those numbers, they did the comparison. And we take the guesswork out and we save them a lot of time. That's fantastic. So how could our Paycom members find you? What's the, what's the best way to get in touch with your company? The best way to get in touch with us is our website, and our address is car.us, C-A-R-R.us. In the upper right-hand corner of every page, we have a couple of options. One is find an agent. You can click on that, and you can find an expert agent that's representing healthcare providers in your specific area, and you can reach out to them and start a conversation. We also have a free evaluation tab as well. And we, we, everything we do for the providers free, but even if you're not uh, engaged with us or officially working with us, we'll still do a free purchase versus lease analysis or a free market evaluation. And if you're in a space and you want to know how it compares to the market, or if you have a transaction you're considering, you want to know how that, that uh, offer or the terms compare to other options in the market, we can do a detailed analysis, a market eval for you. And we can tell you if you wanted to look at other properties, this is what the savings would be. Uh, This is what it would cost to own. This is what it looks like if you wanted a lease versus purchase. And we can give you factual data that helps you understand whether you have an average deal, a great deal, or a really bad deal. And that information empowers you then to 
you know, pursue the transaction or the opportunities that make the most sense for you financially. I think those are excellent resources. You can also find CAR on the Paycom corporate member page. Colin, I think that is, uh, that's going to do it for today. Do you have anything else you'd like to add? No, just the fact that uh, we love Paycom and we have been working with Paycom members as long as I can remember personally. Uh, huge, huge fan of what you guys do and uh, just love the, the position of working with the office managers that are, that are trying to protect the interests of the providers in the practice. And it's, it's a privilege and honor to have a chance to work with you. I think that that appreciation is mutual from from what I've heard from our uh, from our membership base. So, Colin, thank you very much for your time today. I certainly appreciate it. Thank you. For more information about the Professional Association of Healthcare Office Management, please visit our website at www.paycom.com. That's P-A-H-C-O-M.com. And thank you to our listeners for tuning into this edition of Medical Management Radio. Hope you have a great day. Thank you for joining us. Tune in for new shows on the third Wednesday of each month. PACOM is the Professional Association of Healthcare Office Management, home of the nationally accredited certified medical manager. Professional credentials matter. Learn more at PACOM.com. That's P-A-H-C-O-M.com.